views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Thank you so much for all of that today. And we've got a great lineup. You know, sometimes um, when you look at your life and you and you think about what am I going to do? How do I how do I actually facilitate the kind of healing journey that I want? And what really is the end result of it all? What do we want to do? Where do we want to go? How do we want to get there? And so when you're thinking about these things, you're probably wondering, am I the only one that's kind of stuck a little bit? You know, am I the only one that doesn't know how to get from point A to point B? And I think those of you that have listened for uh, listened to the show for like, what, 15 years now, you kind of get the sense that no, you're not alone. But if you're new to this, you might be feeling, well, a little bit like that. And so what is it about the unexpected? What is it that we can learn? Uh, what is it that we're going to learn today from the author of Swimming with Elephants, My Unexpected Pilgrimage from Physician to Healer? Uh, joining me is Sarah Seidelman, and partly because this is one of these fascinating journey stories about out of the world you are, you think you've got a life, you think you're going to know it from beginning to end, and at the end of it, something unexpectedly amazing happens. Whether you're Sarah and you're thinking, wait a minute, I thought my destiny was mapped out for me. I have generations that have come before me that, uh, yep, pretty much got the blueprint for what I'm supposed to be, how I'm supposed to be it. And then, yep, anybody else that's coming along, they're going to be it too. But today is not about that. You know, today is a conversation about what happens when you hit the pause button. What happens when you do that? And then what is it about the universe that will have us go on a journey that we didn't think we could go on, but we were destined to be part of? That's what today's show is about. Um, for me, I get to take a look at this amazing author, as I said, fourth generation physician turned shamanic healer and life coach. Why? Well, today you're going to hear about it. You know, she is somebody that is out in the world. She blogs, she talks, she walks. And the most important thing, she's sharing her story. 
Sarah, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thank you so much, Pat. What an awesome introduction. Thank you. I was yeah. nodding my head a lot. <laughs> well, you know, what's kind of fun about this is like, who would have thought that the both of us, right, you know, grow up, we go down the pathway, we kind of get a few degrees, you know, drop them behind our names, sometimes in front of our names. And yet here we are talking about a journey which has something to do with shamanic healing. I would have never predicted it. And I would imagine you didn't either. <laughs> Absolutely not. That's why when it happens, that discomfort arrives on your in your life one day. It's it's yeah, it can be kind of very unsettling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. OK, let's talk about that, because this, again, is part of the conversation. And what I love to talk about is you know, sometimes we show up and we're kind of in place and it seems to the people that listen, right, that those two have got their act together. I want to ask you this question. What was it like to be you when maybe you didn't have your act together, when maybe you were kind of questioning things, when maybe you had a few challenges that were going on inside of you? Uh, maybe, you know, you were thinking about that uh, Frank Sinatra, is that all there is song? What was right. that like that opened up the door for something greater for you? Yeah, well, it wasn't pleasant. And I don't think I was too fun to be around. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got some feedback from a friend that that was a difficult time to be around me because I was I was really frazzled. I was confused. I was unhappy. I was um, kind of. I guess for lack of a better word, at times frantic, you know, just kind of trying to keep it all together despite the, um, I had a lot of chaos in my life. So working as a physician and my husband was working, we we're both working uh, long hours with young kids. And so I felt like I was living this life that was completely out of alignment with what I wanted, but I had no choice. So it was kind mm. of like that. It felt like I was having to force myself you know, every day out of bed to get up and do all these things that I really didn't any longer want to be doing, or I didn't want to be doing them that way. So it was yeah. unpleasant. Um, I wasn't as kind to myself or to others as I wanted to be being. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was a very uncomfortable feeling and scary too, because I think when you, as you were saying so brilliantly in the beginning, you know, we have this assumption, oh my gosh, I'm going to, I've got this job. I'm going to do it till our, for my, and for my situation, I'm going to do it till I'm 75. I'm going to love it. Then I'm going to retire. Then I'm going to, you know, whatever. This was the way I thought it was all supposed to go down. It was not in the plan to stumble into a way, a very confusing episode at midlife. <laughs> right. Right. And, and you know what I love about it is I love that we step into it because, you know, something about that level of discomfort that I think is a giant. Uh, you, you ever see one of those uh, uh, megaphones that people have and they're like trying to herd a crowd. Right. And they got the megaphone and they're like shouting, OK, everybody follow me over here. And yet at the same time, here we are, we're going on with our lives and there's a giant megaphone trying to get our attention to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want you to try this thing for a moment. I mm. want you to see that if maybe part of the resolution or solution to whatever you're feeling, maybe this thing, was it an abrupt megaphone for you or was it something more subtle over time 
It was definitely more subtle over time. Um, I've definitely learned about those abrupt stories through friends and family. You know, the house burns to the ground. You get a diagnosis, your spouse cheats on you and decides to leave you for permanently, you know, those kinds of things. For me, it was more uh, just a gradual growing dissatisfaction, like a growing feeling of discontent in every area of my life. But in particular, work is where it showed up the most. Um, It was just getting more and more uncomfortable for me to be there. Um, and it's so funny, you know, that megaphone calling you, which I think is our soul, you know, it's first, it's kind of this whisper. If I had had any inkling of how amazing and beautiful it would be to follow this path, maybe I wouldn't have been as scared. But the problem is when you're in that position, you don't know how the, that the ending is going to turn out well. (laughs) So we resist and I'm boy, I spent a lot of time resisting it. Um, that's for sure. Well, you know, let's talk about swimming with elephants because that's part of the journey too. You know, it's part of how do we become ourselves? How do we become ourselves? And what I mean by that, Sarah, is like, how do we get back to that part of ourselves that perhaps we forgot about or perhaps maybe uh, we haven't forgot about, but we're not really wanting to face That part of ourselves that said, wait a minute, you know, I really love this or I really love that or I really want to go in this direction or I really want to go in that direction. What was your snap out of it moment? You know, that movie Moonstruck where, you know, with that scene, right? Nicolas Cage and Cher and there's that scene and she says, snap out of it. And the next thing you know, boom, right? Um, but he doesn't snap out of it. What was your snap out of it moment? And what did you do next? My snap out of it moment. Mm, I'm not thinking I, I can't really think of a clear snap out of it moment, except for that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think I, that's not so easy for me to think of right yeah, now. Yeah. I thought of it as a snap out of it moment, but I think, um, one of the things that started was, you know, when you were talking about there's a part of you that you has always been there, but you've kind of maybe forgotten it or maybe yeah. just turned away from it, thinking it maybe didn't have any merit or value. Right. When I started feeling this really deep confusion, one of the things somebody encouraged me to do was to do something that felt good to me, right. which is a really simple instruction. So I started doing this weird thing and I talk about it in the book of decoupaging things. So like, which is gluing (laughs) images onto glass, which is so wacky. Like, but I started just getting this weird, odd hankering to cut out pictures of wild animals and flowers and other stuff and glue it on the glass. And for the love of God, I had no idea why I was doing it. And that kind of made me a little crazy, but I was sitting in the basement gluing away, like listening to pop music. And, um, it was so satisfying to me and I couldn't exactly figure out why. And then I thought, well, maybe, maybe I'm supposed to sell this stuff. And I tried doing that, but that was like really frustrating and left me feeling even bad, like worse. So then I was like, okay, just let yourself do it. And I made this little sign above my little table where I was working that said like, just be an artist, like just allow yourself to be creative, you know? And that was a part of myself that I think I had shut down and, you know, mostly for survival reasons. Cause when, you know, you're working so many hours as a physician and then you've got lots of kids and little kids, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, you don't have time for that. Or that's what I kept telling myself. Um, but the minute I kind of opened that door and said, maybe you do have, this is really important. You need to do this, even though it makes no sense and you're not sure why you're doing it, but it does feel really good. 
Um, so that's what I always invite people who are maybe feeling like I was this massive confusion and not at a point where they're ready to walk away from their job or their relationship or whatever it is that's no longer suiting them. Um, but just ready to kind of turn towards themselves is just to allow yourself to explore mm -hmm. something that feels good to you. Yeah. The tiniest thing. Exactly. And when we come back, what we're going to do, Sarah, is we're going to talk about the sabbatical of all sabbaticals. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that thing, you know, mm -hmm. when you stop for a moment and you listen to that sometimes not so quiet voice say, you know what, I think it's time for a sabbatical. What do you do next if you are Sarah and how does it change your life forever? Uh, when we come back, we'll be talking more about swimming with elephants, what that means. And are you all ready are you ready for a sabbatical? Yep, I took one. Sarah took one. What did we do? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Twenty-six miles across the sea. Santa Catalina is a waiting for me. Santa Catalina, the island of Learn how to be you in today's world on New Soul Radio. Follow host Ruby Betty each month on Transformation Talk Radio as she introduces new rules for new souls in these new times. As a powerful spiritual thought leader, modern mystic, and clairsentient, Ruby Betty is propelled toward a single goal, to awaken human beings to their fullest potential. For more information on Ruby and her work, visit rubybetty.co. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. Wow. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Uh, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm telling you, I got to pinch myself some days because when each of us gets called to do something that we so not thought was in our real house to do for a purpose that's so much greater than us, we get to show up and shine. If you would like to show up and shine on the Dr. Pat Show as a co-host or sponsor, send us an email to inspire at the drpatshow.com. Hi, I'm Steve Kramer of Spirit Fire Radio, and I believe that meditation changes everything. It leads us in the direction of greater well-being, and that's a fact. I struggled with meditation for years. I understood the principles, but I found it hard to incorporate them into my everyday life. Spirit Fire's meditation practice changed that. It's called the Practice of Living Awareness, and it's taught in 14 steps. These are 14 tools that I can use in any moment, on and off the cushion. Steps like smile, flow, and ground of being support my clarity of mind while I'm navigating the ups and downs of modern life. That's why it's called the Practice of Living Awareness. If you'd like to add meditation to your daily experience, the Practice of Living Awareness is free, online, and it's suited for any level of practitioner. Visit spiritfire.com for more information. And be sure to check out Spirit Fire's meditation retreats in Western Massachusetts. It's all there at spiritfire.com. Your happiness is your choice on Natural Peace Radio. 
follow Sarah Van Ryswick as she addresses the power of emotions. Each month, Sarah covers different topics as she helps listeners activate their energetic spark and create powerful energy and amazing opportunities. Manifest your desires with Natural Peace Radio. For more information on Sarah and her work, visit naturalpeaceliving.com. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific Time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit KarenBenton.com. Hey, everybody, super, super welcome back. You know, Sarah and I were kind of chit-chatting during the break about what is it about our lives that ultimately we say yes to. And what I mean by saying yes, that there's something that shows up within each and every one of us. All of you listening, you know what I'm talking about, where all of a sudden you get a bonus idea from the universe. I love to call, I love the word bonus, Sarah. A bonus idea <laughs> the universe. It's a bonus because it's that thing that shows up that you never thought would show up calling you to take an action. And we're going to talk about the radical sabbatical in a minute. But before we do, first, Sarah, how can people, number one, find out more about you? Because we're just talking about the beginning of your journey. How can they find out more about you? How can they work with you? And how can they get a copy of your book? So you can find me and the book at followyourfeelgood.com. Sort of like follow your bliss, but followyourfeelgood.com. And yeah, I work one-on-one with people with coaching and I do shamanic healing, which we may talk more about as the show goes on. And yeah, and I've got some digital programs and the book is there too. Awesome. Listen, if I'd uh, known... I, 15 years ago, somebody said to me, dude, 15 years ago, we only have one question for you. Are you going to go back and color your hair white again? Because we so like the color of your hair white. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to do it. You know why? Because it's my feel good moment. And I was reading your book and I was thinking, why am I not getting it done white? I really love the white. I like it. I like it really short. I like it white. It is so me. I'm a girl from the Bronx, New York. Okay. But you, <laughs> here you are, right? Dr. Sarah. The radical sabbatical, the sabbatical of all sabbaticals, you decide to go up and do something and you're like, okay, I hit the pause button and here's what I'm going to do. Tell us about what that was like. And for our audience that doesn't know what the book is about, tell us about the radical sabbatical. Okay. So I, you know, in this, from this place of dissatisfaction, I did a few things. I decided that I was going to go more part-time, give myself a little more breathing room. And eventually that felt so good that I said, wow, could I dare to be so kind to myself as to give myself a sabbatical three months to just explore. Like I wanted to learn more about life coach training. I was just kind of like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I just want to take a break. But one of the things I was going to do was some coach training. So I 
took some time off and it was incredible. Uh, being home with my kids for the first time for a summer was absolutely mind blowing, mind blowingly beautiful and mind blowingly challenging. Um, and then out of the clear blue came this invitation from my friend to go to South Africa to be part of a negotiating team to negotiate a bride price for her cousin's, uh, her cousin's wedding, basically. Now I'd always thought it'd be fun to go to South Africa, but like I'd never in my wildest dreams imagined being part of a Lebola, which is what it's called in, in South Africa, a Lebola delegation to go negotiate a bride price. Like if that's what that was like, sounded like the most amazing way to go. And of course I went, um, and there, I was so incredible to witness what it was like, you know, to see these wild animals, because of course we didn't just do the amazing Lobola. We also um, got to go on safari and witness beautiful animals, um, you know, that were being protected and watched over by some amazing people at this place called Londolozi. And just seeing animals in the wild, like following their instincts and doing not, not being human, like the way we are, like constantly, like, telling ourselves things we should be doing or shouldn't be doing, you know, animals, wild animals in particular are in live in, 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 in complete surrender to their own desires. <laughs> and that was mighty inspiring. Um, for example, one of the first things we saw, we drove up in this Jeep and to meet all these other Jeeps that were also out on safari and everybody stopped. It was very quiet. My friend and I were looking around like, well, what's the big deal? Like what's happening? And nobody was talking. And then wow. suddenly we saw it and there was a pile of like eight or nine female lions all sleeping in a complete heap, like piled on top of each other, stacked like laying, you know, like a, like a big mound of them. Absolutely exhausted. And, and our, and our guide told us, well, they've just finished some hunting and they feasted and now they're resting because it's the female lions that do the really, the hardest physical labor of the hunt. You know, the male lions help out, but it's the females who do all the running and chasing and everything. And I was like, Oh my Lord. I had such an aha in that moment. I was like, <gasps> I am a female lion. I'm like, I'm not, I've been just going, going, going. Cause as many people know, if you're a mom and you're also a professional out in the world, you're not only doing your one full-time job, but you're also a lot of times because we want to, we're doing a lot of the parenting because it's really so dear to our hearts. And that was my case as well. Although I had a, a wonderful husband who pitched in massively, but I oh, felt, boy. you know, drained. And so it just occurred to me like, yeah, it's time for me to rest. Oh man. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Sarah, you know what? That is a go-to message I think I want to make sure people understand today. And um, there is this thing that happens. You know, my, my, my mom, uh, my stepmom, uh, my first mom uh, died suddenly. She committed suicide when I was six. But my stepmom taught me about resilience and perseverance. And one of the things I learned from her, though, is this. You can go, 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 but don't ever become that hamster. My brother used to have hamsters, right? Don't ever become that hamster. Look, and my mom was like from the South. So she had this little Southern drawl and she'd be like, oh, honey. Oh, y'all, you, you just don't want to be like that. Look at that fool hamster. That fool thing is going to kill itself. <laughs> and she would have to stop it, right? Mm. Um and my brother would just go ballistic because he loved to see this frantic hamster. But here's, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're at this show. We that's another show to talk about my family. So that's a different show. But this one is this: 
how did you learn this? And now, how are you helping the rest of us push the pause button so that we can have an experience, a life-altering, life-changing, game-changing experience that like you had? Maybe we all don't take three months off, but it, that's not really the point, is it? Mm -mm. Right. Yeah. One of the things that I often invite people to do is just really the very, very simple practice of kind of treating every day like a wild safari. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. yeah. So you, you know, just notice what wild creatures are crossing your path. And it might be like you see a crow flying, you know, on the way to work or, you know, there's a flock of seagulls or there's, you know, something actual beasties, I call them beasties because, you know, to sort of cover all beasties, like mythical beasties, dragonflies, all the way up to things like Pegasus or dragons or things like that, because they're all, they're all important. Or it might be just the images, like maybe people keep posting bears on Facebook and you are getting like bear, you're noticing multiple bears showing up. And then just to pause for a moment, doesn't have to take very long and ask yourself, okay, what's going on with me? What's been hard less 24 hours, you know, maybe you're struggling with an issue with a coworker. Maybe you've got something with one of your kids and you're struggling kind of notate whatever that struggle is. And then ask yourself if this animal that's showing up in my life is showing up in my life and it's here to help me, what might be its kindly message for me? How might it be trying to help me? Um, so my example of the lions really was, I was this frantic mother, you know, and frantic, just frantic, frankly, and watching those lions rest in such a deep way made me realize that that's what I needed to do more of. I needed to, even though my brain, my logical self was like, work harder, work harder, you know, because I think we all have that, you know, we have different parts of ourselves that are shouting the opposite thing. But when we connect with these kind of messages from the natural world, um, it helps us to connect with our own soul, you know, and what we really need, not what our ego is trying to do or not what our social, like society wants us to do, or our mother wants us to do, or our partner wants us to do. But what do we really need to, to help ourselves step forward on our path? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about this from a couple of different experiences, because now we're out on our path. And if I'm looking at this, I, I you, you had me with the word elephant. So let's just say that. Um, yeah. But this is the thing that I love to talk about. Your life changed. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not talking, you know, when I talk about and I share, you know, parts of my story, like like you and I talking during the breaks, my life didn't go with a moderate course adjustment. You see what I mean? You know how sometimes you can make like a little course adjustment, maybe cut back on yes. time, right? Uh, maybe just do a couple of projects here and there or, you know, maybe be a, maybe be a doctor sometimes, Sarah, maybe mm -hmm. like that. Yep. Uh, sometimes we see that in the television shows or something, but sometimes you cannot. When we come back, I want to talk about how this pathway, this pilgrimage this new direction in your life, a mutual friend of ours that perhaps changed our lives. There are two people that influenced me when I was in this crossroads. Um, in your case, Martha Beck, in my case, Dr. Angelus Arian. And when we say those names and we talk about that, for those of you out there, you're probably thinking, 
oh, now I know why these two are like they are. Where I think is. <laughs> I have to give a shout out to Gene Houston, too. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about once you swim with the elephants, you just can't go back to your old <laughs> life, folks. Once you talk to rattlesnakes, you just can't go back to get out know, that big consulting job or that 72-hour doctor job. Stay tuned. We're going to hear from Sarah. What is next in the dream? We'll be right back. Turn once or twice. Dug my way out. Blood and fire. Bad decisions. That's all right. Welcome to my silly life. Have you ever lost your way while driving somewhere? can be unsettling as you don't know if you should go left, right, forward, backwards, or make a U-turn. Hi, I'm Eve from Elite Tarot, host of the weekly show Mainstream Metaphysics Radio, where we harness the power of the universe for happier living. As an intuitive coach and professional tarot card reader, I work with clients worldwide on helping them get back on their natural road of living their life with joy. Next time you feel off track, Tap into your inner child's sense of joy and write down on paper the non-negotiable qualities that you're needing in career or love, but without limiting specifics. With your list, you know where to place your energy going forward and where not to. You're always best served when your inner child is at the navigation controls. However, don't worry, you still have the keys to the car. If you would like to schedule a personal navigation session with me, please visit my website at elitetarot.com. That's E-L-I-T-E-T-A-R-O-T.com. Holistic Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistic Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Gain powerful insight and practical tools to support you on your spiritual journey. Access your higher self and tune in every second and fourth Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific to A Life Untethered with Andrew Martin and now co-host Jeremy Nudell. Walking the Path of Freedom. Andrew is a highly attuned intuitive oracle, energy worker, spiritual teacher, and international radio host. For more about Andrew and his services, visit andrewmartin.energy. Defining success and putting minds to work. With the Higher Learners Career and Leadership Series, Rudy Racine will help you craft your personal definition of success, offering support and guidance as you move forward towards your goals. Take the leap. With the right mix of focus and motivation, anything can be achieved. Tune in every first and third Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 Eastern. And for more information on Rudy Racine and Higher Learners, visit Rudy's site at higherlearners.com. That's H-I-R-E learners.com. Let It Go Radio. The future awaits you. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Barbara Scheidegger explores the way to clarity, peace, and how to live a successful life on your terms by turning negative experiences into positive ones. Barbara's curiosity about the human experience drives her both personally and professionally. As a life coach, author, and renowned clinical hypnotherapist, Barbara knows how to move forward in a natural, organic way without side effects. If you want to grow, be sure to tune in to Let It Go Radio. To learn more, visit LetItGoHypnosis.com. 
yeah, Benny. Thank you. Thank you for playing paint. Uh, and all of you out there, come on. Don't be talking about my girl Pink like that. She did a bang-up job, even with the flu, singing the national anthem. And I'm just loving her. Why? Because she don't quit. And that's what my guest today is all about. The book is Swimming with Elephants. For those of you out there, my unexpected pilgrimage from phys physician to healer. And yeah, I'm really talking like this is the thing. This is the message from us this year. This is the time where, where our hearts are pulling us, Sarah. We are kicking it forward. And sometimes we don't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. But before we jump into the what's next and how you did it, one more time, website, how do we get a copy of your book? And also, how do we work with you? You can find me at followyourfeelgood.com, followyourfeelgood.com. And you can find the book there and you can find my spirit animal app there for iTunes or from iTunes. And you can work with me one-on-one -on -one either with coaching or with shamanic healing. And we work virtually and it's fantastic. So thank you for letting me share that. I love it. You know why I love it? You know, a friend of mine said, and this is my question for you. A friend of mine said to me a bunch of years back, they said, Basili, that's my last name. Don't be scared by that. They said, Basili, uh, listen, you might as well hang it up because you are not going to be able to take anybody to a place you haven't gone yourself. And so my life changed. Um, how did it change? Well, never been sick in my life, got really, really sick. Always had the security of a big, fat corporate job. Then I didn't. Out into the world. Stuttered when I was in high school. Now I'm on talk radio. <laughs> and so now I can talk to you about what it means to have stage right. But here you are. From our society's perspective, Sarah, you had everything. Yet I know that at some level, you probably didn't. The next steps are, I did it. I went there, I bought the t-shirt, I came home, now what? How do I still, if I'm Sarah, how do I take what I've learned? How do I keep it in my heart? And now how do I turn it around to continue to help people, but in a different way? How did you do that and what did you do? Yeah, well, it's, it's a process um, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> what I did was um, I just became more and more willing to be kind to myself and to keep asking, what else would you like to explore, you know? And through that process, um, I began to pursue, you know, through the animals, I began to learn about this ancient old path of shamanism, which is something that's been around for 50,000 years. And as I delved into that, I got a lot of inspiration and I really started to heal myself. And as I felt better and better, I couldn't help but have this irrepressible like joy that I wanted to share with other people. Because as you know, Pat, when you feel good, it's like it bubbles out of you and you want to, you want other people to feel that good. 
you want to share that joy. And so um, it became like a natural thing. I wouldn't say necessarily always easy. Sometimes it's like I wasn't sure exactly how to share w- what I wanted to share. Um, but through trial and error, I started to put myself out there and say, well, you know, would you like to, I, like I started a podcast about animal spirits and like, hey, would you like to learn how to, inter- you know, get messages from wild animals for yourself? Because I did and it helped me a lot. <laughs> yeah, boy. And little by little with that, I learned so many incredible stories from people and that spawned a book. And then that spawned me to want to do learn more about shamanic healing and little by little, just more things fell into place. And I found a way to offer this, this kind of way of seeing the world that was helping me so much to other people so that they could see it too. And they could see their possibilities. And really that's sort of the process. Um, And it really begins with just being, you know, I I love to ask this question of people, which is a bit salty, but it goes like this. um, How good are you willing to let it get? Like how much love, how much joy, how much um, beauty and contentment would you be willing to allow yourself to experience? I know for myself, that was a process that I had to really... uh, I continue to ask that question. I still do because I still sometimes will do things that like, oh, feel hard. And then I have to ask myself, wait a minute, how good are you willing to let it get? How could this be easier? Mm. How could this be gentler? How could you rest a little more? What what would feel really, really good? And I don't mean that in a hedonistic way. Right. I mean like down in your soul. You know, sometimes hedonistic things, you know, getting a massage, well, that does feel good. Um, but sometimes feeling good is to, you know, humble ourselves and uh, apologize. <laughs> sometimes feeling good is to put ourselves to bed at 8.30, you know, because we're exhausted and we just don't have any more to give to anybody. Right. Um, but asking that question, how good are you willing to let it get, I think can really uncover. Because most of us struggle with, are, are, are we worthy? <laughs> are we worthy of living a life of joy? And would it be okay if we made a living and did what we loved? A lot of us have these beliefs that we have to do something that's horrible and hard in order to make money, for example. You know, we may have beliefs like that. Or that we don't deserve to be in a loving relationship. Um the relationships are, you know, often fraught with difficulty and, you know, so then we should just expect kind of that things aren't going to be that great. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And then let's talk about this because you and I both know what it's like to think you're on a certain trajectory on a certain path. And then what happens is we make our minds and change it. I want, I, I want to just, you know, ask you the question of, um, you know, here you are, you come back on the sabbatical and I don't know if you kind of came, came right out and said this, but kind of came right out and said, you know what? I don't want to keep doing the job that I had before I went away. Uh, I, let's just say it like that for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you come back and you're talking to your family and you're making a decision about that. How does it feel to be in the place of you don't know what you don't know, but your heart is open to the possibilities. What's that place like? And what did that place share with you that it wanted to take you? Yeah. Well, I like to think of it as a sort of a liminal space, a little mm. bit like being pregnant the first time. Like if you're a parent, you know, you don't know what it's going to be like to be a parent, but now you're pregnant. So it's sooner or later <laughs> something's going to happen. Um, 
and it's a little like that. It's kind of a tenuous place. It's, uh, I liken it also to like being driving on a highway at night when you just have your headlamps on and you can only see like the 20 yards in front of your car, but you can't see the end point cause it's pitch black outside, you know? And, but that 20 yards is enough, <laughs> you know, or I would argue that it is enough. Um, and there might be times when you're in that liminal space where people might come from the outside and go, Hey, like I remember at a cocktail party, I was saying, somebody said, what are you doing after the sabbatical? And I said, you know, I, I think I'm just going to keep exploring. And I, I don't think I'm going to go back to work much, if at all. And somebody said, but that's crazy. What are you going to, you're going to lose all your benefits. What if something happens to your husband, blah, blah, blah. You know, and they were all excited about that. And I had to go home that night and really think about that. Like, was that a warning, like a true warning I should look at? Like, should I be worried about my financial future? And is this a stupid idea that I'm, I'm risking everything here? And when I went inside and thought about it, I was like, I don't, I can't go that way. I have to just trust that these 20 yards I can see in front of me are okay. Right now things are okay. I'm safe. And I'm just going to keep exploring this path that's calling me. And it feels so good that when I spend time in that space of exploring that, just like maybe when you're pregnant, when you start going, oh my gosh, you buy a blanket and you don't know how it's all going to work out and things could maybe not work out. Something could happen to the baby, something terrible, you know, but you, you're, you're slowly, slowly letting yourself dream of the outcome that you would like. Mm. Um, well, yeah, that's uh, you know, so here we are and let's fast forward to today and the date and time we live in. And I want to tell you, um, Sarah, I love this book. And the reason I love it is because as I'm reading it and I'm reading um, about family healing, let me just give it as an example. And I'm reading about what is it about the experiences, the memories? What is it about doing a mamba, right? That I <laughs> want to talk to you about, you know, what is it about these things now that have really laid a pathway of breadcrumbs that allow you now to turn around and help others. Mm. This is really how we get from maybe to yes in our lives. I want to ask you this question. What are some of the most memorable aspects of this journey? And what is it that you call on today to keep you high up on the yes, I can trajectory? Mm, good yeah. question. Yeah, boy. Go, One of the tenderest and most amazing things was, I re, you know, as I began to explore shamanism, I took like a, a workshop for a week and I came home and I thought, well, I don't know if I could really offer this to other people, but my best idea was like, you know, maybe I could practice with the kids. My kids were really little then. So I offered them, I said, Hey guys, I went through this class and I learned this healing stuff. And if, if you have something that you want me to help you with, let me know. And so one night my daughter who was like six at the time said, I have a tummy ache, mom, can I have a healing? And I was like, okay. So we went into my healing, a uh, little space that I had made. And I'll never forget that night because, you know, children are so innocent and, and, and wonderful to practice something new with. And I, she, before we did the healing work, I said, take these objects and just make them into a design to show me how your tummy feels. And so she took these sticks and leaves and things that I gave her and kind of arranged it into a pile. And it was a bit of a kind of a messy jumble. 
Then we did the work. And at the end I said, well, here's your, here's your thing that you made before. And if you want to change it and let, you know, if something's changed, you can just feel free to rearrange it or do what you want with it. And she said, oh yeah, I want to, I want to do something. I was like, okay. And so she worked at it for a while and then she said, okay, you can look now. And so I looked at it and it definitely had a much more organized appearance, but I wasn't sure. Um, you know, I was just staring at it for a while. And then she said, don't you see it? And I said, what sweetie? And she goes, it's an angel. And she had arranged these like feathery dry grasses into angel wings. And there were berries like, you know, on her, on her, for her head and, and leaves for the skirt and everything. And it was just like, oh my gosh. I mean, I was so touched by that. And just to have that simple thing. And I thought to myself that night, I don't care what I ever do with this work. It really doesn't matter because I just had like one of the most profound moments of my life with my, one of my kids. And like, I can't, you can't put a price or anything on that. And it, it was healing me and it was mm. helping her and I, you know, we connected. And so mm. things like that, and that happened over and over again with my, all of my family members and my spouse and doing this work this way. And to this day now, when I get scared to do something new, like now I'm doing book tours and that's yeah. just a whole nother thing, like yes. standing up in front of 50 people and saying, Hey, this uh, is what I do. Um, you know, it just gets more challenges. And, but what I always return to is my, my spirits, you know, which mm-hmm. in the book, I talk about this special elephant spirit that stepped forward yeah. right as I was ending my sabbatical and kind of trying to decide, is it okay for me to really step out and start trying some of these things, start sharing some of the tools I've been learning with others. And this elephant, Alice really encouraged me. She's like, you got to get out there and do this, you know? And, um, to this day, that's really who I call upon she and in many other spirits. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and the other thing, let's talk about it for a minute. You know, you have this experience, you write the book. Tell me about the book, the writing of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody thinks, oh, yeah, uh, off she goes. Of course, she's a doctor. <laughs> she can write the book. Let her write the book. Um, you know, what is she going to write about? Okay, so what was putting your experience into words like? What was that like for you? And, you know, if you're anything like me, you're probably thinking, am I really good enough to do this? Am I really, am I that person? Is Sarah that person? What part of imposter syndrome showed up for you or not? Yeah, I would say it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. I wish we had a time-lapse photography camera like <laughs> shooting every minute of that because, you know, there were times when I was recalling scenes, for example, from my pilgrimage in India or like the scene I was just telling you that were so moving to relive them because it's one of the best things about when you write for yourself is that you get to re-experience something. Um, and if it's a touching, moving moment, it becomes sometimes even more powerful as we rewrite about it and really start to appreciate how important that was to us. So I think those parts are very beautiful. There were times that were extremely difficult when, you know, like an editor just said, we need to slash all these things, uh, all these parts about your mom. When I had invested so much time in this story with the elements with my mother, and also they were very precious to me, you know, and But I also learned that I need to trust that some, you know, when you're collaborating with others, that we want this story to really read wonderfully for people. I want the reader to have this wild and beautiful ride that is going to be the best ride they can take. And so that we, you know, eventually sacrifice those things. But definitely the imposter thing shows up. Like, who do you think you are? All (laughs) that stuff. And so 
it's the greatest thing to write causes you to heal all your wounds because you can't go on without, with them in the way. I know. I know. Well, I, you know, part of this too, and Benny, we're going to go ahead and uh, skip the break. Um, I want to talk about, I mean, I don't want to give away the entire book here for those of you out there. I hope you do go get your copy swimming with elephants. Um, I want to talk about a, a, a couple of parts in particular that uh, I think our listeners would relate to, right? You know, one of them has to do with the shadows. And, uh, you know, I think that at some level, you know, into the shadows is is definitely one of the, the chapters that caught my attention, you know. But then you go on to say here at the beginning, every man cast a shadow. This is his grief. Let him uh, let him turn which way he will. It falls opposite to the sun, right? Short at noon, long at eve. Did you never see it? And I thought about that and, and thought that's a about quote from who's the author of that? Let's remind me because right now uh, I'm Hen- Henry Thoreau. Thoreau, yes. Yeah, that Thoreau. was not those are not my words, but yes. Right, right, Thoreau. Um, and it's akin to me to a quote that I have up on the wall sitting across from me, and it is a from Leaves of Grass, and it begins it begins with, you know, dismiss whatever insults your soul. Mm, Today that. you're sharing your your bright light, your gift, your journey with people in the world. I would love to know, you know, what your vision is and how we can now you in your case can cast that shadow in a way that allows it to block you from deadly rays of the sun as opposed to giving a darkness to one's life. Mm. Yeah. Well, one, one way the shadow showed up for me, I tell a story in the book about the black mamba snake that showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's important for us to look at our shadow. So shadow is really the part of ourselves that we don't want to see or that we're not yet aware of. Often it presents itself as like jealousy or stuckness or uh, we're really angry, but we're putting like a I'm smiling face on things. <laughs> um, and often sometimes the, the animals that frighten us the most can kind of show point us in the direction of what of that that shadow is. And let me see if I can kind of illustrate that. But in my case, I, I stumbled into this black mamba snake in a dream. And what that snake, I won't give the whole story, but what that snake showed to me when I was willing to really look deeply at it was that I, there was a part of me that was not willing to take a risk and put myself out there. Mm. Um, And so here I was in that liminal place, you know, stuck, knowing I wanted to step forward onto this new path and explore, but feeling like I'm sitting on my hands and I'm too scared to get up and go. (laughs) Right. And this black mamba showed me that if I didn't get up and go, it was like, nothing's going to happen here. (laughs) Like, this is not going to end well. Um, So if the listeners are there, if there's a, there's a, in, in some kind of beastie that scares you, I yeah. invite you to explore it, watch them, observe them, learn a little more about them. Cause it may show you something that 
if you do it, you're going to blossom. You're going to shine your light more boldly. You're going to be able to step into your power more. You know, sharks, spiders, snakes, those are some of the most common things. But if there's an animal that really upsets you or disgusts you or grosses you out, boy, that is like going to be pure gold for you to check out and explore. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Send me and, an email. And I want to know what you learn. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, part of this too is I always find it fascinating, right, Sarah, about the kinds of things that show up after we have whatever you want to call it, radical, sabbatical, swimming with the elephants, all of the above. The one thing that hasn't changed for me is I still don't know what I don't know. I live in that space and I don't know what I don't know. But what happens for me is that I'm aware of when something unexpected shows up that I should be paying attention to. I want to ask you this. Uh, first of all, let me thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for getting out there and sharing this message. Thank you for writing this incredible book. Um, one more time, if you could tell us your website. But more importantly, I would love to know what your vision is and what your personal message is. What would you like to leave us with here today? And thank you for your time. Thank you, Dr. Pat. Uh, followyourfeelgood.com is the website. And I guess my vision for the world is that, you know, we all are in this giant circle. Like I'm imagining all beings like holding hands in a circle and recognizing that each of us has a, a, a place on that circle, that each of us has our own gifts and talents and that we work harmoniously together to create new and amazing experiences and ever more love being exchanged and ever more acceptance. Um, and I wish that for all of the listeners, as well as the two of us, you know, to be able to experience, uh, to be able to be willing to allow ourselves to let it get really, really good. <laughs> I know. I know. And, you know, thank you for a very powerful message. Thank you. Um, and I want to just ask you this, you know, when you look at your future, when you see what is it that, Sarah, I would like to do? How do I want to step out in the world more fully? How do I want to continue to swim with the elephants? What would that look like for you? I think for me, it's just being willing to do what's, you know, calling me again, just being aware of that. And for me, currently, that's creating more community, offering more experiences, uh, which, you know, creating experiences like group ceremonies and drumming circles and things like that, where people can come together and work together and we can kind of weave that cloth of in ever increasing harmony and understanding and healing. And that's what I'm being called to do. And it's more work and more challenging and more interesting and it's really beautiful. And so I just keep um, calling on Alice and other spirits mm. to help me. Yeah. Um, but it's really rewarding um, mm. and beautiful. Yeah. Boy, I'll tell you, I don't know what I'd be without being able to call on, you know, spirits to help me. And who knew that my, um, how do we want to call it? Animal spirit guide would be the turkey vulture. But that's a, that's another show. I hope you will come back, Sarah. Mm -hmm. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you, Pat. Um, for those of you out there, check it out. Go to facebook.com, follow your feel good. That's follow your feel good. Please get a copy of the book, Swimming with Elephants. So love the, the story, the brilliance of what's written. You actually feel like you're right there, thanks to Sarah. Sarah, thank you so much. 
Thank you, Pat. It was an honor. Wow, Benny, we're going to take a shorty. And when we come back, fasten your seatbelts. We have got more coming your way. We'll be right back. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.